This episode of the Big Brother Jake podcast is brought to you by Fabulista Cookies. Their products are freshly measured, mixed, baked, and packaged. You can be sure that the goodies you receive have not been sitting pre-made for days, because that's just gross. A freshness and unfabricated homemade quality awaits you. Let nostalgia be your friend, your transporter, your memory rouser. Go to FabulistaCookies.com and let them know the Big Brother Jake podcast sent you. Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this joint out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I'm your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Type in the keyword search, The Big Brother Jake Podcast, and boom, you're in there. Good to be back on The Big Brother Jake Podcast. Good to have all you guys listening once again. Man, I have so much to cover in this episode, especially right now. It's the holiday season, and man, in California, you can't do anything. We are relegated to our homes in Los Angeles County. Pretty much all of the state is on lockdown, and the last two episodes where I discussed the Rona or <laughs> Some of my lowest rated episodes I've ever had. So I'm not going to go there this episode, but I will say this. I'm not a happy person. I like to be out and I don't like a curfew. I have not had a curfew since I was maybe 15, 16 years old. Where I had to bring my ass in the house when the streetlights came on. And when I got a little older, bring my ass back to the pad by 10 o'clock. And oh wait, it's like that right now. So, you know, sometimes you get the urge, man. And I felt like riding around the city. And I felt like getting me some tacos. Some tacos. You know, because in L.A., if you want, del, you know, tacos, you go to Del Taco or Taco Bell. Word up the Del Taco. But if you want tacos, you can find them on the street. They're still serving it. Okay, so, you know, had to do that. Feeling a little, you know, like a lawbreaker. I didn't really care, though, because I had to do what I had to do. And that's how it gets done. So with that being said, we're going through a pandemic during the holiday season. And there's a lot of people that have experienced a lot of anxiety. And there's a lot of people that have experienced depression. And we're going to touch on that right now. In the second segment, um, I'm going to do something that I've never done on the podcast. I'm going to 100% bear my professional soul And we're going to talk about 10,000 hours. Now, 10,000 hours, I will explain a little more what that means. But they say to master a craft or to be good at what you do, you need at least 10,000 hours of practice. So I'll touch on that in the second segment. Third segment, I will discuss briefly the uh, social experiment that concluded this week. And you don't want to miss that. So keep it locked here. On the Big Brother Jake podcast, don't fast forward, don't do any of that good stuff. It's fun. It's fun. We're out out to have fun. I'm not trying to be that serious. 
you know. But the first segment here, I want to talk about the holidays, and it's not so much what you think. Like, I'm not going to discuss all the great things and the happy parts. I- I'm going to touch on it, but there's other sides to the holidays, and especially with what we're going through now in a pandemic, it can be very rough. And I've stated this on my podcast before, but for those that that don't listen or haven't heard, you know, any of the old episodes, which shame on you, you should go soundcloud.com slash the big brother Jake podcast. All 89 episodes are up. But one of the things I've discussed in the past, I've discussed that uh, Christmas and New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, aren't my most favorite times of the year. Um, I've experienced a lot of things that have happened with my family, with myself, in the military during the holiday season. And, you know, I'll hear Christmas music and one person will be very excited about it. But someone like myself, I'll hear it and it it kind of brings sadness to me. Now, I know people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, come on, man. Who gets sad over Christmas music? Well, I, I do. And I think it's the whole holiday gathering time of year. Um, back in my day when I was, you know, a kid, my family, you know, they weren't always happy. They weren't always cheerful. You know, we had some great Christmases and we had some not so great Christmases. And this time of year, it triggers some of those old thoughts. Now, my father is no longer on earth with us, as is my grandfather. He's also deceased. And my grandfather, more than my dad, I'll just be honest, my grandfather, Pete Gonzalez, was one of the greatest men on earth. He went through a lot. He did a lot. He experienced a lot. He wasn't a saint. He spent time in San Quentin. He did some things that at the time were not cool. But there was a reason why he did them. Nonetheless, he was an inspiration to me. He was the man that taught me how to be a man. Taught me how to fight. Taught me, you know, the taste of beer. (laughs) You know, I got my first beer from my grandfather. And I think about the times that he would always do something great for me on Christmas. Because he knew, like, when my parents split up or whatever, he always came through. You know, like, we would shadow box, and then we'd, like, spar, and he would, like, you know, show me how to throw down and fight, you know, and during Christmas time. You know, I, I don't even like cowboy movies or westerns, but I would sit down and watch them with him. You know, he loved Clint Eastwood, so we'd sit down and watch those during the holidays, you know. And uh, he, he also thought Die Hard was a Christmas movie, so shout out to my grandfather. <laughs> but um, I miss him. And I try not to think about him because this time of year, we always had a good time. We always did fun things together. And it hurts. You know, and now that I have like, I have kids, um, like my father never got to meet any of my kids, but he loved Christmas. My dad loved Christmas. And he would always be happy when he could, you know, we'd open up the, the gifts that we really wanted and he'd just give us that look, that big smile of his and be like, yeah, I got that for you. <laughs> but it was really my mom, you know, because she's the one who went shopping. But, you know, he was like, yeah, we got that. But, yeah, I know you like it because, you know, he acted like he was the one to take credit. But then, you know, my parents split up. My mom did her best. 
And one of the best gifts I ever got was a boombox, which I was able to make beats out of that. And we're going to touch on that as part of the 10,000 hour segment next segment. But let me tell you, I love that boombox. And I know how hard my mom had to work for it. But I also knew that it was a hard time of the year because I had to go back and forth from mom's house to dad's house during the holidays. And it wasn't easy for either parent to have to do that. So I always said to myself, man, when I get married and I do this and that, I'm not going to have that happen to my family. When I decide to have kids, it's going to be under one roof. Nothing's going to go bad. Nothing's going to happen. And we're going to have a good time as a family. (laughs) Yeah. So then fast forward some 35 years and I get married, you know, and I was married 20 years. And this will be the second Christmas that my kids have to endure going back and forth something i said i'd never do and even though you leave on the terms you leave on whether i'm the good guy or bad guy whatever it is there's still an ounce of guilt that i have as a divorced parent sending the kids back and forth i mean yeah if you look at in layman's terms the kids get two christmases Ooh, yeah but it's under two different roofs not cool and i get triggered because i remember how it was for me having to spend two christmases two different places sometimes my dad had to work and i wouldn't even get christmas with him at all and so that was hard it was really hard and there are some people that you know have had some tragic things happen to their family at this time of year because it's a christmas new year's it's kind of crazy because New Year's, it's like, oh, I have all these resolutions. And, you know, when you don't do them, it depresses you. Or you think about all the things that went wrong during the year where you thought this year was going to be your year. And this year, 2020, oh, man. It's the year of clear vision, yes. But we're all going to be at New Year's Eve like, should we celebrate or should we fall back? Because like, I don't have any plans for any holiday this year. Yeah, I'm going to spend, you know, Christmas Day with my kids. Christmas Eve, I'll be by myself. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm looking for something to do. <laughs> you know, so at New Year's Eve, I ain't doing nothing either. So, you know, y'all got something cracking, let me know. But I start thinking about those things. And then I think about, like, veterans. My fellow veterans, my brothers and sisters that have gone through things. And this time of year might remind them or trigger them of something, too. So my whole point of all this, I said all that to say this, y'all, like Christmas is a joyous occasion and we should all, you know, for for my religious peoples, you know, it's the birth of Christ, you know, Um, for others, it's just great family memories and gifts and food and get togethers. But some places like California, we can't have family gatherings. We can't celebrate together. So that might add some stress to people, you know. Can't be with two different households, cannot, can, like, can join together. <laughs> it, for those that live outside of the state, I'm not kidding. It's, I'm dead ass serious about it. And for some people, they'll take that, those rules to heart, and they won't celebrate, and it triggers something. But I really did say all that to say this. Like, if you know somebody that might be having a hard time and going through something during the holiday season, reach out to them. Those people that have problems with the holidays and 
and coping with them because they may not, some people you know may not have anybody to celebrate with. Anyone. No living family, no friends that, that they can hang out with, nothing. So those are some of the people that you want to maybe reach out to and, and see how they're doing. It's not the easiest time of year for everyone, you know? And I think about people like, I think, I, I, I've, I hate doing this because I'm not that guy, but I'm not one to toot my own horn. But I have served down at the missions in downtown Los Angeles and other places where it's the holiday season and some people just want a place to sleep and eat with, you know, not be in the cold, not be dirty, take a shower, have a warm bed, warm place to sleep. And we take for granted those things, you know. Sometimes we can't help it. We may have all those things, but we're still depressed. Holidays can be hard on a lot of people. You know, I'm trying to learn to have good experiences on the holiday. Because I have three reasons. Kendra, Savannah, Marissa. Those are my reasons to make the holidays a better time for my family, but... Here's the thing. I can't depend on other people to, you know, help me celebrate the holiday season. They got their own families and they got their own things going on. And, you know, sometimes we got to look from within and say, can't depend on other people to invite you or can't depend on other people to say, hey, man, keep your head up. So, you know, it's, it, 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 you just try to have a positive experience. And as a kid, I, I witnessed like my family, my mom and dad. You know, do a lot of bad things to each other during the holidays. And it just, you know, certain songs I hear, I I can't stop crying. (laughs) Like if I hear This Christmas by Donny Hathaway, that's my favorite Christmas song because that's one of my favorite times with my dad during Christmas. And he would always, like Motown Christmas songs, anytime I hear the Jackson 5, it's a wrap. Like I can't hold in my tears. You know, like give love on Christmas Day. Forget about it. It's a wrap. I can't even listen to it because you hear Michael as a kid singing and it just takes me back to my childhood with my with my family. And my family doesn't celebrate Christmas together. Everybody lives somewhere else. Brothers back east, sister down in San Diego, mom's in Redlands, California. I'm here in the L.A. area and it's like it's hard to get everybody together. And even with my own family, my family's not together. My immediate family, you know, my my kids. They have to split it with their mother. So it's a little difficult to try and get through the holidays. But for those that are going through it, I know your pain and I know your struggle and you're never alone. Okay. There's always somebody you can reach out to. And for those that know somebody, that's going through a hard time and you're close to them, reach out to them. Because there's nothing worse than being alone on the holidays. And there's nothing worse than being alone in your own thoughts, in your own head on the holidays or during the holidays. It's really difficult. And, you know, my my veterans and my, my peoples that are still in the military that are going through what they're going through, On top of a pandemic where a lot of people mentally are affected by it. It's a really hard time of the year times 10. And let it be up to us to reach out to the ones that need it. 
Think about everyone that's close to you. What are they going through? How are they coping? How are they handling the situation? Be that olive branch. Be that person. Be that guide that can help someone you love get through a very difficult time. Try to be that person. You know, I'm not trying to bring anybody down. My energy's still up. I'm in a good mood. I'm hyped. I'm happy. I'm I'm doing what I love to do, which is the Big Brother Jake podcast. And I I think about those things because I've been through those things. And it's really difficult. It's really hard to do during the holidays. But I cope and I get through it, and I got my babies to help me with that. But then there's the other side where, damn, you don't get those times you know, with your family, you're, <laughs> you're by yourself. You got to deal with it. You don't want to be a burden to other people. So I get it. But on the other hand, you know, if you can reach out to people, do that. So that's just my little PSA, my public service announcement for the holiday season. New Year's is the one that's the hardest for me because I just think about all the things that happen and all the people I'm not with. And, and, and sometimes I'm not with anyone. Spend a couple of them by myself. It's not fun. It's not fun. But you just deal with it. You hope that it just ends quickly and you wake up. It's a new day and people aren't busy. You can hang out again and do whatever you got to do. But the Rona's kind of affected that. But, you know, not what was me. I'm learning. I'm learning and I also want to be an olive branch to somebody I can help. So just keep that in mind. You know, my goal is to enjoy every holiday from now on. I mean, I even the Hallmark ones like Valentine's Day, I bash the hell out of Valentine's Day. But the, the secret behind that one is I've never really, this is going to sound mean as hell. What was the purpose to celebrate it for? <laughs> I tried giving my love every single day. And it just didn't work for some people. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> but anyways, oh, we might break that down in a couple months. We might. I think people are tired of me. Ba- I've, I've had more people tired of me bashing Valentine's Day than any other Hallmark holiday. You know, I'm going to praise Mother's Day, but you should love her every day. Father's Day, whatever. We get the crap into that deal. You know, uh, stuff like that. So, But for the holiday season, Christmas and uh, New Year's, just, you know, reach out. Be that person. Be that guiding light. Be that olive branch. And for those that are going through it, there is help out there if you need it. And um, I'm always here for whoever needs it to, you know, at Big Brother Jake, you can DM me, you know, I'm not giving out my phone number on the podcast. I don't want any weirdos trying to call me. I have enough weirdos call me as it is. All right. So I need that. But anyways, so I'm not going to keep rambling about that. I don't want to keep people sad. I'm in a good mood. And this is what I'm going to do. This segment coming up next segment. It's my 10,000 hours segment. And I'll touch on what that means, why I'm talking about it. (laughs) And you're going to have a little fun with some of my history. I'm going to expose myself a little bit here and talk about my past up to my present and compare the two. I'll explain right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Uh, I'm racist. Anyway, <laughs> just feeling this old school beat that I made probably like 15, 20 years ago. And it all ties into 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. Now, 
For those that listen to podcasts or talk radio or sports talk radio, the style that I try to, you know, put out here on the podcast, here's the thing. I've worked behind the glass and I've studied the greats. I've worked next to Vince Scully. I've worked with Stephen A. Smith. I've worked with the great Tony Bruno. I've worked with a whole bunch of people in this business. Craig Sheeman and James Washington, JT the Brick, Ben Maller. I can tell you thousands of names I've worked with. Uh, really hundreds. I'm exaggerating. I, 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 I've told myself a million times not to exaggerate. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I really tried to pattern myself after some of the great people that I've worked with. And my podcast doesn't sound like your everyday podcast. Kind of sounds like a radio show because that's the only way I know. I purposely don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't want to take away or, or, you know, something gets in my head where I kind of sound like them. I want to do my own thing, have my own style. I have transitions. I have segments. A lot of people, they don't do that in the podcast world, okay? And I'm telling you right now, I, what spurred this, what, what brought this about? Well, okay, I was cleaning out my studio. I did a whole spring cleaning in my home, and I came across a box of old CDs that I had. And a lot of CDs I had were a lot of uh, old beats, old like radio promos I pr- produced, you know. For those that don't know what radio imaging is, it's like, for example, I'll pick out an LA station. Power 106. Listening to your favorite station. You know, that kind of stuff. I used to produce a lot of that stuff, all right? And so I'm listening to some of the stuff that I've done over the years. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I've improved a lot because I, I, I work really hard at what I do. And I put in the work. I put in the hours. I've worked tire, tirelessly to try to make this podcast sound better. From episode one to episode right now, 90, I think I've made leaps and bounds. I really have. And I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast. Amy Van Dyken, I've had Stephen A. Smith here on the program a couple times. I've had people like Brian Seaman and and Noah Eagle from the Clippers. You know, I've had some of the greats. I've interviewed hip-hop legends like King T, you know, or CC on the radio, CC the Mamacita, you know, uh, uh, K-Day 93.5. I've put in my work with interviewing people. I've interviewed hundreds of people over the years, and (laughs) I know I've made strides. So what I'm going to do, I want y'all to have a little fun with me right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the very first interview I've ever done in my life um, on a professional standpoint, a professional level. Um, For those that don't know, Stu Lance is the color analyst for uh, the Lakers television broadcast. Now, (laughs) I'm going to tell you this. I... um, I had to get an interview for my radio school. If I did that, I can get a whole bunch of extra credit. So I prepared and wrote down and memorized 10 questions for Chick Hearn. Chick Hearn used to be the TV and radio play-by-play for the Lakers. And so he, he was my favorite. Next to Vince Scully was my favorite broadcaster growing up. And so I had all these questions prepared. Shout out to my homeboy, Jamie. He got us two tickets to the Laker game. And we were able to get close enough. We got down on the court. And then we were able to get Stu Lance. Now, Stu Lance at the time was his 13th year, I think, alongside Chick Hearn. 
they had a plan to catch. And Chick Hearn was gone. He dipped out. Nobody could find him. He was gone. And I was like, damn. And I had a little uh, a cassette recorder where you could do interviews. So I saw Stu Lance. <laughs> and this was a damn disaster. I didn't edit anything out of this. You can hear how nervous I am. And he is he doesn't want any part of it, but he is being really kind. And I I have seen Stu many, many times since then. And he did not remember this interview when I brought it up, which was even more embarrassing when I brought it up. But what's embarrassing is the interview itself. So I'm going to go ahead and play this interview for you and then get your laugh on. This is Jake Warner uh, from KBCH Radio Los Angeles here with the legendary Stu Lance. Nice to meet you, Stu. How are you? You as well. I'm fine. Thank you very much. Uh, you've been co-signed with Chick Hearn for 12 years now. 13. 13, I'm sorry. That's okay. How does it feel to be uh, next to a legend and uh, sitting with him? And Well, anytime you get a chance to work with the very best in the business, it's always a great feeling, you know. Uh, when you talk about play-by-play people in the world of sports, and especially in basketball, Chick is the yardstick by which all the other play-by-play guys are measured. No doubt, no doubt. You uh, did graduate from the University of Nebraska. I did see that. Um, All-American, correct? Uh, I, was, I graduated from the University of Nebraska. Honorable mention, All-American, yes. And I, I remember you did play with the Lakers. Um, did very good. My dad told me a lot of stories. He's a big Laker fan. He's back in uh, Pennsylvania, Lancaster. Um, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. All right. Hurry up. I got to go to catch yeah, the plane, though. I'm hurrying. So uh, how do you feel your chances or the chances, the Lakers' chances are this year as far as winning a championship? Well, if they can keep Shaquille healthy, and obviously keep everybody healthy, but the main guy they got to worry about is Shaquille because he's playing monster minutes. He plays 47 minutes tonight. If they can keep him healthy, I think they have a very, very good chance of winning a championship. And last question, uh, as far as advice to people coming up like myself, uh, what would you? What advice would you give them as far as longevity and staying in the business as long as you have? Don't look for any shortcuts. Do your homework. Do your work. Uh, you know, take it one step at a time, and you'll be successful. I really appreciate the interview. Uh, thank you very much. Nice meeting you. You as well. That was the legendary Stu Lance, another voice of the Lakers on, the, on KBCH. Jake Warner reporting. Oh my God. I I was cringing listening back to that because I remember how nervous I was when he's like, I got a plane to catch. I lost all train of thought and I was like, man, let me just get the hell out of here. Let him catch his plane and hope that I get the extra credit. Not only did I get the extra credit, but I also got my sticker, my microphone sticker and made the wall of fame at the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting down in Huntington Beach. So thank you, Stu Lance, for that, even though you don't remember it. Thank you. I appreciate it. But my whole point is this. You know, a lot of people come up to me, and and this was triggered from the interview I did yesterday for WestCoastStyles.com with my man Tim Sanchez and Cece the Mamacita talking about radio. I love radio a lot, and I love music a lot. And I always get people that ask me, how, how do you get into radio? You know, I'm scared to do a podcast. How do you start? My whole point of playing <laughs> my interview was to show the world that we're not going to start off great. And to be able to have my first interview with somebody that's looked upon as, you know, respected very well in the Laker organization and, and throughout the NBA I caught a break. I got lucky. 
So I worked at that, and I would interview anybody that I could, just regular people. And I got comfortable with interviewing people over the years. It's been 20 years, and now I'm not afraid to interview anyone. I mean, if I had to interview like Ice Cube or Snoop, I'd probably be a little bit like nervous. And I get nervous before every interview. But I'm more prepared. I was not prepared for that interview whatsoever, and I pulled it off barely. Good enough for radio school, I would never air that. And <laughs> I'm not nervous to crack the microphone anymore. Anytime I go on the air, if I'm you know, calling into a show or if I get to sit as a guest host like I have on the Ben Mallow show I did a couple months ago, I don't have a problem with it. It's a lot of fun, and I don't get nervous anymore. But I'm also gonna I'm gonna play something else for you, and you're gonna laugh. This was my very first time on the radio, and it wasn't just a local station; it was broadcast nationwide. I was on the Bob Golick and Rich Herrera show. I was their board op, and I wasn't even supposed to be on the air. But apparently, I caught their attention, and they didn't like. <laughs> What I was doing behind the glass, and I was taking over for somebody else. We we're switching in the middle of the show on um, board ops, and I was so damn nervous. I mean, it's one thing to be broadcast in one city, but when you're heard over a couple hundred radio affiliates all across the nation, and this is my first time on the air, I was scared as hell. So take a listen to this and get your laugh on once more. Now, Bob Golick and Rich Herrera. Hey! What? Our, new, our new board op looks like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> what? I don't know, he's got his headphones up on Wait his... Wait a minute, what the hell is he wearing? I don't know, he's got his headphones up on the side of his head. It's like the word is thing. I look over the Dan Galante, he's been our technical director and engineer since we started here at Fox. Right, and all of a sudden he's gone. And I look over, and it's some dude wearing... Hey dude, what's your name? What's your name, dude? No, uh, hey, put him on hey, the big boy microphone. Rod, put him on the big mic. Put him on the big boy microphone. All of a sudden, I look over there. Our technical director is gone, and I got this Yahoo sitting over there. Hey, don't come a Yahoo. <laughs> look what he's you wearing. Don't, you don't know well enough to be a Yahoo. Look what he's wearing. I said he looked like Mickey Mouse. He had like What's, little. Hey, it's just my headphones, you know. Why not? But you had him up where on your head. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to be busy and. You know, yeah, but you know what happens when headphones are up in the head and not on the ears. Then you can't hear <laughs> a thing. We, I mean, we could be cussing. Really, yeah, right. you could miss it. Plus, you're not really listening to us. Yeah, we could be cussing and you could miss the whole thing. Is we want. Right? Well, <laughs> we want to make. We want to be make. We want to make sure that you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a good and time. And you enjoy our show. Yeah, definitely. Okay, okay. so cool. what's up with wearing the loser Dodger jersey? I'm oh, shut up, man! Man, I'm man. loser Dodger jersey. <laughs> Yeah, right. Mister, go back to the go back to Frisco. San Francisco, thank you. San Francisco, my ass. We us us lot us Angelinos don't call it San Francisco. When's the last time you saw the Dodgers hey, win a baseball hey, game? Hey. Uh, Why are you on my Dodgers? Last month. <laughs> You're in LA now, so I mean Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Well, what are you gonna do? Move back to your old house up in uh in Frisco? In San Francisco, no, because they're gonna make it like a drug treatment center or something yeah, no like kidding. that. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Nice well, neighbors you got going yeah, there, Rich. Thank you. Just All for right. the record, my name's Jake if you got Okay, Jake. Way to go, Jake. Way to go, Jake. <laughs> All right. Just for the record, my name is Jake. Sound like a damn kid, man. But that's the thing, like, that was my very first time on the radio. And I, was, I saved it, and I'm still tripping out over it. I remember the day. I remember it was like at night. Uh, and shout out to Bob Golick, former Raider. <laughs> I hate the Raiders. But he's like the only Raider I love and care about. And Rich Herrera that's down in San Diego now doing his damn thing. Uh, they were one of the first shows ever on Fox Sports Radio. And shout out to Raj Groves. Raj is uh, one hell of a producer. He produces over at ESPN 710 right now, uh, the Max Kellerman Show. 
And, you know, they let me go on the air, and that was fun. But I was nervous as hell, and I kept giving them the sign of I'm done talking. They wanted to keep going. And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not here to do that. But then I caught the bug after, you know, they let me go on the air after that all the time. And then every show I worked on, um, I got to go on the air as a sidekick. Uh, shout out to my man Jim Daniels. You know, I used to be a part of the thing where I could just talk along with everybody else. So it was fun, but I worked at it. And a lot of people, and this applies to everything you do, whether you're going to school, whether you're trying a new career, you got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. And there's no shortcuts. One of the reasons why I'm talking about this whole thing to begin with is I I got a little bit down. I got a little bit down about the podcast yesterday. I wasn't even going to do this segment. But I figured, you know, I'm going through these old CDs and beats and everything. If we put in the work, we can get what we want out of, out of life in general. And so listening to my first interview and first on air, um, air checks, God, it's cringeworthy. Like, I remember how nervous I was. But I'm exposing myself to y'all so you can understand that it doesn't matter how bad you are in the beginning. If you put in the work now and keep putting in the work consistently and not give up, I want to quit, quit the damn podcast every week. I called two people that I'm very close with, and I said, man, I won't do it no more. I think I'm done. I think after 100 episodes, I'm not going to do this no more. They're like, you're stupid. Why would you do that? And I'm like, because I'm stupid, and, and I'm tired of doing it. Like, Because sometimes I feel like I'm talking and talking, and nobody's being reached. I can't reach an audience, and nobody cares what I'm ta- I want to talk about. And I, I'm not going to do the podcast for someone else. I do what I like to do, and I hope people listen. I want to stand out and be different. I don't want to do the same things, you know, and, and it applies. You got to you got to document your growth. OK, and that's why I'm so glad I kept those air checks, because I knew if I worked really hard, I could be a hell of a lot better than I started, you know, than when I started. So, oh, my God, I, I just it hurts my stomach to listen to those. But I'm glad that I, I, I kept them because it really helped me shape the way I do things, and it made me a better person. It doesn't just apply to radio, okay? I still went and dug into the crate, so to speak, and I found some beats that I made. So I'm going to play you one of my very first beats, and man, <laughs> this shit is whack as hell. But it's okay. Because you keep making beats. I found like 300 beats I, I lost track of. I have thousands, of, literally thousands of beats I've made over the years. You know, I, I've had them on records. They've been on releases. They've been, you know, in, in projects like, you know, commercials and movies and, and, and documentaries and stuff like that. So I've had my music played in different um, parts of, you know, the entertainment industry. I've had my music spun at the Emmys. It, so it's pretty dope. But I'm, this is for fun now. So I'm going I'm to play one of the worst beats ever, and it's one of my first beats. Check it out. <laughs> Man, I was feeling myself when I was making that beat. Oh, but wait, it, it definitely gets worse. It doesn't get any better. This is when I finally, you know, I, I I was able to buy like this beat making kit from Acid Music. Oh, it gets worse. Check it out. Yeah. 
thought I was like Dr. Dre or Quincy Jones or somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. I put the pen to paper and the paper to pen. And when the beat comes on, yo, it's time to begin. No, I can't. I can't, I can't. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, my God. I cringe. <laughs> I thought I was really doing something. But. I would go ahead and work my ass off. I would be in the, you know, my wannabe studio, which was really just a desk and a desktop computer, and and keep practicing, you know. And then like the Neptunes got popular, so I was trying to be like Pharrell Williams. Yo, check this out. You're gonna laugh at this one. <laughs> oh God. Who was I don't even know what I was thinking when I made <laughs> Man. But as time went on, you know, everybody tried to copy somebody's style. So I knew I wasn't gonna be Pharrell. I mean, there's only one, but then I'm like, let me try and be the next Kanye. And yeah. <laughs> you hear it. I really tried, you know, I played the keys on this. And I thought I was doing something, man. Like, yeah. But then you realize there's only one Kanye. You can't, yeah, I'm going to fade it out. There's only one Kanye. But I worked my ass off. I kept going, trying to make the dopest music. And then I started trying to find my own style. And, and I ended up finding, you know, my own way and creating my own sound. And I was told I wasn't dope. That I'm trying to sound, you know, like somebody I'm not. But, you know, I kept putting in the work over and over and over again. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing samples that nobody would think to do. So I did this right here. Yeah. Not many people would use Muse Uprising to create a beat. But I actually got paid for this one. So, I can't play too much of it because the samples. So, let me fade it out here. All right, yeah. So, and here's the thing. You can't be afraid to go outside of your own box. You know, so I was experimenting with all kinds of music, just trying to get better. And the offers were starting to come in. And I've never really played my music, but you've heard this beat I'm about to play several times. But... I love to experiment with different sounds, different cultures, and man, yeah. There we go. Hey. Okay. Tell me you don't like that. <laughs> One of my favorite beats I've ever made. Yeah. I'm going to just shut up for a minute. Hold on. responses from that one but here's the thing you can't be afraid to challenge yourself put in the work put in the work I I'm doing this for a couple reasons number one I'm exposing myself because I like to be transparent you know everybody starts off green everybody starts off scared to do things scared to try new things scared to challenge themselves I wasn't good on the radio I wasn't good at interviewing I wasn't good at making beats, but I've practiced over and over and over again. You know, it's to a point now where some of the things I do professionally, I can do with my eyes closed. 
You know, I, I, you know, it's just figurative speech, but you get used to being able to do it because you perfected your craft. And that's anything you do in life. You know, whether it's exercise, which I'm working on, trying to get that bike, you know, ride the bike and not be huffing and puffing after a mile, which I still do, but I'm working on it. You know, whether you're in the law enforcement field, you're in the nursing field, you're, you're, you know, in entertainment, whatever it is you do, being a mechanic, whatever it is you do, just put in the work, put in the 10,000 hours and you can perfect your craft. So as much as I quit this podcast each and every fucking day, (laughs) I know if I keep working at it and building my audience, one person, one listener at a time, Things can pop off better than I've ever imagined, okay? (laughs) I went long on purpose during this segment uh, because next segment I'm going to talk about my social experiment, whatever. But what I'm saying is simply this. I was afraid. I was afraid to play this stuff for you guys. I was was afraid to, you know, expose myself because (laughs) who the hell wants to show their imperfections? Just like on social media, it's a highlight reel. Everybody wants to show their highlights and not what they go through or what they struggle with. You know, if you post that, people are like, oh, you know, what's wrong with you? Drama, this and that. On my podcast, I will show y'all like I'm vulnerable. (laughs) I wanted to show the world. You know, I'm not a quitter. I don't quit at anything in life. Whether it's drinking, eating, or trying to succeed in my career, I don't quit. Even exercise, I'll, I'll half-ass do it sometimes, but I won't quit. So, my advice, because I, I, I've seen a couple people within my realm, and what triggered this, I saw a couple people in my industry work their ass off and finally get their just due. Shout out to Homegrown Radio, DJ Head, Chuck Dizzle, over at uh, Real 92.3. They finally got their, 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 their show. That's on Monday through Saturday at night. And, you know, they put in their work and I put in my work and I'm like, man, I'm happy for them brothers and I'm happy for a lot of people out there. But when is it my turn? And maybe I don't have the 10,000 hours yet. I might be at 8,000, but I've done this for 20 years and I wanted to quit. I literally was going to do my last podcast today. And that's why I delayed it again. It's a love hate relationship, but 10,000 hours, put in the work, work your ass off. Promote the hell out of yourself. Hope you have some people that promote you. And then eventually your time will come. It'll be your time to shine. And I know my time to shine is coming. You know, everybody that's listening now, I thank y'all so much. And everybody that's, you know, shared or liked or or retweeted or or listened to the podcast, I'm like forever, forever grateful to y'all. So thank you. Oh, my God, those interviews and beats are so bad. Oh, my God, I can't believe I played that for y'all. <laughs> All right, I, I was just having a little fun with that segment, but uh, we're going to have some more fun, and uh, we're going to talk about my social experiment <laughs> God. right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast with Big Brother Jake. Duh. All right, so the song you hear that's playing in the background, uh, it's the theme to the dating game. Uh, There's a game back in the days in the 70s where there's three contestants and there's one lady or a guy that picks from the three who they want to go out on a date with based on the answers to the questions they have. 
Well, as time has gone on, things have evolved, and now we have internet dating and we have dating apps for smartphones. And last week, I talked about two of my friends that I will not say their names. I promised them that, even though I wasn't happy with them, but, you know, they meant well. And I experiment. I call it a social experiment. Some of them saying, bro, you're just on a dating app. Well, here's the thing. I met my ex-wife and every other female in my life the old-fashioned way. You, you meet up at a, well, it's really not old-fashioned. I met my ex at a club. Was that an omen? I don't know. Some people say it was. Some people are just like, well, that's pretty dope. Uh, whatever. You know, or you meet them at a party. Or you meet them, you know, at the store or the library. You could go anywhere and meet women. All right? And if you're really good at it, it doesn't matter where you meet them. You know, you get that number, you exchange. Now people just, hey, man, go on my Snapchat or go on my Instagram. Like, they don't give out numbers no more. Okay? So, just to recap, last episode, two of my friends, they decided to get a few of my pictures from my social media and create a profile for me on three different dating sites. All right? So... I was okay with it after they told me and they already did it and they gave me a password that, you know, we all shared and I only did a little bit of editing at the beginning. And so it was pretty intense for me. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all of these people on here, they want so much. Everybody wants to travel and ride horseback and drink wine and, you know, then you get some that are sweet and are just like, hey, look, I want just love and I want the right man. I want Mr. Right, not Mr. Right now. And then you get some of them like, I've been hurt before. So no dogs, no this, no that. And it's just like, oh, my God, how many red flags? Oh, my gosh. Like, who hurt you, girl? Who hurt you? So I noticed when I put down my profession, and for those that don't know, I've said it a million times, I work for the Los Angeles Clippers as an audio engineer, along with the Los Angeles Kings. And I also work for a company called Podcast One. It doesn't carry my podcast, but whatever. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for that. I don't even care. But listen, so when I left the occupation as Clippers or Kings, I noticed there was a steady amount of, you know, I, I had a pick of the litter there, man. Like, I was getting a lot of likes more than I anticipated. And I was like, I wonder if it's because it's me. Because what I wrote was very dry, kind of boring. And <laughs> I said, maybe it's just my profession. So, and no disrespect to what I'm about to say, but like I put down different occupations. I put mechanic, I put janitor. One, I put in between jobs, and I actually got four people <laughs> during that time. So it was it was different for me. So then, you know, you get some of these likes, and, you you know, like if you go to Bumble, it's on the woman to respond back to you. So some of them are very direct. Look, are you, are you broke? Are you working? What's the deal? I'm not taking care of no man. Like, ugh. Then why are you on here? Like, don't worry about me and my finances, okay? You know, and I noticed that the most responses I got was when I put down what teams I worked for. And I didn't like that. And it's a whole different world. And 
being single and being out there is scary as hell enough. And, and you can't really do a lot during a pandemic. So what you can do, you can exchange numbers. Some of them are brave enough to go on FaceTime that day, I guess because they don't want to be catfished, and that's fine. I get it. So, you know, you do that, and you experiment, and, you know, you realize right off the bat if you got something good going or you don't. And I can see the benefit of being on these websites or these apps because you could find Mr. or Mrs. Right. And you can also find Mr. and Mrs. right now because there's some apps that are meant to just hook up right then and there. Like, yo, so what are you doing later? Like, oh, now. Like, so it's out there. But my overall take on all of it is as cool as it is and, you know, your ego can be a little inflated by, like, you know, the women that like you or want to talk to you. It's just not for me, first of all. You know, maybe I'm old school because I was married for so long and then I got out of that marriage of 20 years and plus it's a pandemic so you can't really go hang out anywhere or, you know, that might be a factor but I, I'm old school, man. Like, I, I don't mind being introduced to somebody from a friend you know, yo, this girl, man, she's single, you know. I, I, I love if somebody else has kids because then my schedule, I got kids and I, I got to work three jobs. Shout out to the Clippers for bringing me back. Ooh, ooh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, like, it's kind of crazy out there. And I don't have time to sit and interview somebody for my love life. <laughs> but there could be some good out of it. You can meet some friends. I actually ran into one that was a widow okay nothing wrong with that but her her husband died 10 weeks ago and the support group that she the, the support group that she belongs to said yeah it's soon but why don't you go on a dating app and look for friends and she happened to like my profile so i started talking to her and everything that she brought up was her deceased husband which i get it it's two and a half months ago so i flat out asked like if you don't mind me asking how come you're on a dating app two and a half months in and apparently it's she got a the blessing from the deceased husband's family as a way to grieve and cope i said but you know like 80 percent of your inbox is going to be guys just wanting to hook it up and the other 20% are going to criticize you for being, you know, a widow, a recent widow. I don't judge, you know, so I'm, me, I'm inquisitive, so I'm going to ask questions. You know, and some people, they just want a friend. And I get that, and that's cool. Like, you just want someone to talk to. You know, you can end up making friends. And even with the opposite sex, it's not always like, hey, you know, that's my homegirl, I'm going to get it on with her. You know, you can make great friendships and be of the opposite sex. It can happen. Some people don't believe it, but you really can. And sometimes you try it and it doesn't work. <laughs> I know from experience recently. But what I'm saying is this, <laughs> straight up. Oh, man, I know she's going to let someone, somebody's going to say something. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. But here's the thing. If it was my way, you know, I deleted all the apps. I'm done. I, I'm not going to do it. I didn't like it. You know, you go in there, and some people are just like, out of this world crazy. Some of them are really sweet. 
You know, and I, I interacted with a few, and I'm just like, all right, you know, it's cool, but it's not my thing. But you can find success on it. So I'm going to just tell my introverted, shy friends, you know, I'm extroverted. I, I want to meet somebody that's, you know, at a party or I'm chilling down in San Diego or I'm, I'm here in L.A. and I'm at the beach and I see somebody, I'm going to go and approach them. Like, that's just who I am. That's how I've always been. But for those that are introverted, it's a great tool. Like, you can pick and choose your, you know, your, um, your preferences and you can meet up like online and talk to each other without facing each other right away and get to know somebody. So it can work. And I don't doubt it. I think it's it's amazing that so many people can hook up on there. But for me, I'm old school. You know, I think it's cool, but it's not my thing. I, I'm just old school like that. And to the two women that I'm friends with, it's over. I'm not doing it again. So I personally scrubbed all of my online presence off of the dating apps. But you can meet some cool-ass people on there. You really can. So if it's something you want to do if you're lonely and you're single, some people aren't, you find out. <laughs> some people are okay with this. I don't want to get deeper into it. But if you have questions, DM me. At Big Brother Jake over Instagram. At the Big Brother Jake Podcast on Instagram it's it's an interesting experience but uh, you know after I saw that if I'm a clipper or king employee that my stock is a little higher than when I'm a janitor a mechanic um in accounting it's it's all different so depends on who you are what sites you want and what you want to do you want something casual you want a long term you know that's your preference that's what you do not my cup of tea at all so sayonara done with that and i'm gonna land this plane right now because this show has gone really long but and it's all over the place but i had a lot of fun today I, i'm just really feeling good shout out to westcoaststyles.com that's one of the few uh, one of the other places i work for my man tim sanchez allowing me to do a lot of fun things over there and uh this is the official podcast of westcoaststyles.com so you can go to westcoaststyles.com and check out my content. Go into interviews, and you can find a lot of the stuff I've done on this podcast and for the website. And there's a lot of great content on there. Um, you know, different interviews, we, we, you know, all West Coast related. Um, legends, new people, great interviews with legends and new people. So check it out when you get a second. Westcoaststyles.com. And also shout out to FabulistaCookies.com. My girl, Jessie Dallas Childs. She is baking her ass off. It's the holiday season. So go over there, get you some cookies, get a subscription. You can get the cookie of the month and some other goodies from her. She makes brownies. She does all kinds of stuff. So uh, if you go to FabulistaCookies.com, shout out the Big Brother Jake podcast. Let them know we sent you. And should take good care of you over there, all right? So, with that being said, I may do another podcast. I may not. I don't know yet. Depends on how I feel. You know, it's the holidays, and not a lot of people are listening to my podcast during the holiday. But if they do, it's cool. If they don't, it's not. But I really had a good time today. Thank you for joining the Big Brother Jake podcast. Again, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. That usually comes a little bit later. 
Um, type in in the search the Big Brother Jake podcast and boom, you're in there. So until next time, I say to y'all. <clears throat> You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.